0: Hey, what's up, guys? It's episode of CamCast here. Um, just want to, before we get started on the episode, just want to give a big thank you to everybody that's been uh, following the channel, following on Instagram, following on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, and on YouTube, of course, which is the one that I'm trying to kind of promote a little bit more because I think the, the videos are kind of interesting. Um, in case you don't know, everything now is going to be filmed via you know video. And I transferred over to mp3 so it can be, uh, you know, listened to in a podcast form. So it's kind of interesting. So learning it, you know, it's 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 a process. Um, the one thing I know is that uh, editing the videos takes a little bit longer and I'm not as good at that. So I'm trying to learn that as I go. And that's going to be something that I'm definitely going to dedicate a lot more time to look up the software, look up how to use certain softwares better. So I'm kind of excited about that. Um... But I'd like to give a uh, a brief shout out to a podcast that was able to uh, shout me out this past week, and I thought that was pretty cool. It is the FN NERDS podcast. Um, it's two guys that run this podcast. They talk a lot of uh, a lot of movies, a lot of stuff that I'm really into. A couple of really cool dudes. You can follow them on Instagram at F N N E R D S. That's FN NERDS. Um, yeah, basically in their latest episode, they gave me like a three-minute shout-out towards uh, the end of their shout-out section of their podcast. And they basically, you know, they talked about uh, some of the episodes they listened to, uh, what they liked about what I do. Um, they really – I don't know. it's It was cool listening to them talk because the guy who was listening, who, who had listened to my podcast, one of the two of them, he really understood what I'm trying to do here. He understood um, – my, my whole purpose for starting this thing, it, I don't know, He it, it felt really good to have somebody that I really don't know, um, you know, basically break down what my podcast is. And he hit the nail on the head. And that just tells me that I'm doing a good job conveying my thoughts, conveying my ideas to the public, which, you know, that makes me want to just keep going and keep doing my thing here, which is, you know, it's great. So I just want to give a huge shout out to the FN Nerds podcast and a big, like, you know, con- you know thank you, because uh, to me it meant a lot. Um, I probably replayed it two, three times because, you know, it's just when you start something new, it's it's a little nerve wracking. You know, you don't want it. You don't you're not sure how it's going to turn out. You're not sure if it's going to be well received. And it's cool to get you know accolades from a a good podcast, a podcast that puts out good content. They have great if you haven't seen them, their their setup is pretty sick. It's you know, they're the two guys that run it. They have uh, video that cuts back and forth. You know, there it's it, it's very well done, and um, you know, I I just I'm very appreciative that they were able to shout me out in their podcast. It just it just meant a lot. So I just this is a shout out uh, for FNerds. Nerds. You know, thank you so much for doing that. Uh, maybe in the future, we'll be able to collaborate on something. that would be interesting. Um, as far as today's episode, guys, it is episode twenty five. We're gonna be talking about a fantastic movie, which I didn't realize, again, how fantastic it was because I haven't seen it in a few years, and that is Captain America The First Avenger. Um, this movie is great. I mean, what can I say? I re-watched it this past week. Um, I was supposed to get the video a little bit earlier to you guys, but um, cr- a crazy busy Halloween weekend, so I wasn't able to uh, do do what I wanted to this past Friday, um, so you're getting it November 1st. You know, I'm going to put it out there November 1st, and uh, hopefully you guys will you know really enjoy it um i have a lot of thoughts on this movie so you know without further ado i'm going to get out of this uh the stupid intro and we're going to get straight into the podcast all right let's go ahead and bounce into it Got I get a little too excited in the intro sometimes I, I I want to say more in the intro so I always got to carry over to the next part but you got to I got to bust in the theme music and for those of you that don't know I kind of found the theme music somewhere and it's like a it's like a Middle Eastern vibe type thing uh, for those that don't know at all um, my I'm actually half uh, Persian my dad was born in Iran so I thought it was it'd be kind of fun to find like a a Middle Eastern sounding song with a little bit of techno vibe which is kind of like one of my you know genre music of choice so um so that's why I kind of I found this music I clipped it off myself and I that's that's been the the camcast music for you know since the beginning um I like I say that like it's been a long time but it's I mean it's only been since June um but yeah for those that were curious that's where it came from um so Captain America guys Captain America the first Avenger um I have a lot of of, of things to say about this movie um this is number five in the MCU series that I'm doing for movie talk on the camcast and it's been it's been tough. I mean, what the Iron Man was a really fun one to rewatch. Incredible Hulk was okay to rewatch. Um, Iron Man two has some problems, but it was an okay rewatch. Um, Thor was a horrible rewatch. That movie was way better, and I feel like as time goes on, like the more I see this movie, the more time in between, you know, when I've seen this movie, Captain America the First Avenger, I think it just keeps getting better and better. It's definitely gotten a lot better since the first time I watched it and i i'm not sure why it's gotten better i really don't um the captain america series as a whole which is this movie the winter soldier and the civil war is the best trilogy of any character in the mcu even it's better than iron man's it's better than the three movies that thor currently has every movie in the captain america trilogy is fantastic and i'm i'm just not sure how they were able to do that um i first saw this movie in 2011 i saw it in theaters I saw it with my good buddy Pri and his brother Chana. We saw it at um, Ontario Edwards at an RPX theater. So I have a problem with RPX theaters as it is. Uh, if you've never been to one, an RPX theater is... They're really big. They're real spacious. Um, but the sound is kind of weird. The background noises are always way louder than the the vocals are. So remember the first time I saw it, I was kind of confused because I couldn't hear a lot of the, the dialogue that was being spoken. Think of like going to any christopher nolan movie <laughs> if, for those have, who are able to see Tenet in theaters like i was this year um think of that where you can't really hear the dialogue all that well but the action scenes and like the background music and the, and the score is really loud that that was my first viewing experience viewing experience watching captain america the first avenger it wasn't until i bought it on dvd later that year so i can re-watch in anticipation for watching the avengers the following year that I really started watching it and realizing how amazing this movie is. You know, It kept getting better every single rewatch. And now knowing what happens to Captain America at the very end of his journey, at the end of Endgame, it just gets that much better. I mean, this movie's fantastic. It's, it's literally the story of this man who, you know, Steve Rogers is, let me, okay, let me back up. I'm gonna go over the cast real quick. Uh, we have Chris Evans playing Steve Rogers. Uh, Tommy Lee Jones plays Chester Phillips. Hugo Weaving plays Red Skull. Um, Haley Atwell, uh, Atwell plays Peggy Carter. Sebastian Stan is Bucky Barnes. Dominic Cooper Howard Stark, and the other uh, most noteworthy character here is Stanley Tucci as uh, Abraham Erskine, who is the German uh, scientist who develops the super soldier serum, which allows uh, Chris Evans Chris Evans is Steve Rogers to become Captain America. So he's kind of an important character, and I'll definitely be talking about him more on the pod. But Captain America: The First Avenger is—it's interesting. They do a really good job the first thirty minutes of the movie trying to show you who Steve Rogers is as a person. He's—he's uh, he's a scrawny guy. He's very small. He just seems like like a great guy, right? Bucky's his best friend. Bucky's you know uh, a strapping guy. Uh, winds up being a gunner for uh, during World War II. He's just a good dude. But the, their friendship is kind of weird because they're they're kind of polar opposites, right? But you can tell that Bucky loves Steve because Steve's just a good guy and he has his back. Um, but uh, Steve Rogers, he they, they portray him in a lot of different ways. So basically we get the, the sentiment that he's trying to go to World War II. He wants to fight because he feels like he needs to because there are a lot of men laying down their life down there. And he feels like less of a man because he's not able to do it. Um And he, he, what he does is he makes a lot of different aliases, a lot of different fake names and stuff like that to be able to fake his way to get into World War II. But he keeps getting denied because of his physical ailments. I mean, in the movie, they do a CGI with a smaller guy and they put Chris Evans' head on it. And it's honestly really convincing. Like for 2011, the CGI in this movie is fantastic. It didn't age badly at all, like at all at all. It it actually still looks good to this day. Um, I mean, you know, there are glimpses where it looks kind of weird, like his neck looks a little bit longer than it should be, but um, it, it's pretty convincing, and they have to do it for about 30 minutes of this movie, so uh, I think that it, it works out great. And eventually, he, he goes into, uh, uh, he meets up with uh, Stanley Tucci's character, and Stanley Tucci immediately knows that Steve Rogers' heart is in the right place, and he wants to use him for the first super soldier captain america so it's kind of it's it's like Stanley Tucci's character he knows that the person who has the super soldier serum is going to be extremely powerful so in the back of his mind he knows that he wants somebody who is going to be just an amazing human being somebody who's very loyal who's trusting who shows compassion and that's exactly what Steve Rogers is and that's exactly what he does throughout this movie and what what uh, what he does throughout the entire MCU. I mean, he's definitely the most well-grounded character that the MCU has to, op, to offer and definitely the most morally strong character the MCU has to offer. Him and that's why it was always so interesting whenever he and Iron Man, Tony Stark would interact because they were kind of two halves of the same coin. You know, Tony Stark was always he was always more interested in self-interest and, you know, stuff like that but still wanting to do for the common good, but he wanted all the accolades, while Steve Rogers, he wanted to save everybody and he could care less if he got the accolades or not. It didn't matter to him. What mattered to him was making sure that people were safe and people were being taken care of. And that's that's really shown in this, you know, it it, sh, it shined really through, it, how do I say that? It was very visible in this movie that, that that was his motivation throughout the entire time. And I think that that's really powerful that the movie was able to do that. Um, so he he becomes a super soldier and he winds up fighting uh, some guy who killed Stanley Tucci's character, and then basically the the army uses him as a uh, as a sideshow to raise money for the war efforts without letting him fight in battle. Until one day he goes against orders. Howard Stark pilots a plane. He jumps into enemy soil because he hears that Bucky's platoon. It was taken hostage by Hydra, which they didn't know, you know, really what Hydra was. And basically he breaks all these guys out. He's a hero now. And now he is Captain America. You know, he's leading the troops into battle, destroying all these Hydra bases and, you know, looking for Red Skull played by Hugo Weaving. And I got to give some, I think in the last podcast, I talked about Loki being one of the three best villains within the MCU. I completely forgot about Hugo Weaving's Red Skull. Red Skull is a menacing villain. He is a fantastic villain. It, whenever he's on screen. I think it's just because it's Hugo Weaving, and we know Hugo Weaving's a phenomenal actor. You know, Mr. Agent Smith, and you know uh, V from V for Vendetta. He just—he's a fantastic actor, and he really eats up the scenery in this movie. I mean, his face is—you see his face when he's not being Red Skull. You know, it's actually Hugo Weaving's face when he's wearing that mask. But even when he's CGI Red Skull, first of all, the CGI is really good. But second of all, it's a lot of the lines and the dialogue that he has with Steve where you're just like, man, this guy is really evil and um I'm not really sure how I'm supposed to, or how uh Captain Rogers is supposed to deal with him because he's equally as strong. What he was is he was a failed experiment by Stanley Tucci's character, Abraham Eshkin. And he has all the same abilities that Captain America does, but Captain America, he's the finished product, right? Because his skin didn't melt off, he didn't become Red Skull. So it's kind of like, you can see why uh, uh, Johann Schmidt or, or Red Skull would be angry with him because his face still looks normal. You know, it's, but you know, it, it goes on and eventually um, there's a penultimate fight between Red Skull and Captain America in which Red Skull is trying to ship out all these uh, nuclear bombs onto different cities and basically you know, nuke the world. Um, obviously cap fights him, beats him. And, um, but then cap has to wind up crashing the, uh, the, the plane into the water. And it's just, it's an example of just who captain America is, you know, captain America was always the guy. He said he was willing to lay it down the line and he did. He literally laid it down the line in his very first movie. He killed himself, not killed himself, but he sacrificed his own life. So millions could live. And he does that in his very first film. Like the gravity of that, you know, rewatching it or just like, damn, you know, he finally found the love of his life. He, he is completely revered and loved by all of his cohorts, loved by an entire nation, by an entire world, you know, and he did this for, for the greater good. He knew exactly what he was doing. He knew that it needed to be done because there was no other way. And that's just who Captain America is. And those sentiments are echoed throughout the entirety of his journey throughout the MCU, Where he's constantly thinking about other people, constantly trying to do the right thing, you know, with the Sokovia Accords and all that, and making sure that, you know, he's still able to do the right thing, even though it might not be the thing the people in charge of him are telling him to do, like in Civil War. Because, you know, the issue in Civil War is people died, right? So the government wants to put the superheroes in check. But if they put the superheroes in check, Captain America's logic is. Well, if they're putting me in check and I know I have to go somewhere, but they're not letting me, then I'm not doing my job. The to the best of its uh, to the best of its ability, which is what I have to do. My job is to save people and to keep people out of harm's way. But if the if the powers at bay don't allow me to do that, then I'm not doing the best for me, or not the best for me, the best for others, with the abilities that I have. And you have to you have to respect it. I did a poll on uh, Instagram the other day, Team Ironman or Team Cap, and I'm Team Iron Man. I just always am. There's something about Tony Stark. It's it, it, the way RDJ plays him. It's like, you know, it's it's cool. To me it's really cool. But I understand those that are Team Cap. Team Cap is just morally the opposite of Tony Stark. He's just a great person. And it's it's easier to root for that type of guy, someone who's been at the bottom who winds up coming to the very top, you know, from uh you know, through the super soldier serum. But when you've been at the bottom, you understand what it's like to be at the bottom. So when you're at the top, you're gonna to treat that with the respect that it deserves. As opposed to, you know, Tony Stark, he kind of was always at the top because he was the son of a genius. He was a genius in his own right growing up. And because, and he's never really had a bottom, you know? So you're you're gonna act a little bit differently in that regard. You're gonna be a little bit more selfish. You're gonna be a lot more narcissistic. Um, so it's it, like I said they're they're both aiming towards the same goal but they're two different sides of the same coin. You know, they they both do it a little bit differently. Um but yeah guys, I love this movie. Um the rewatch is just it's fantastic. It I think it just keeps getting better and better. I love the set designs, I love all the all the costumes. I love I love the the hue or the uh the filter in which this movie shot it really feels like you know they were shooting in this this in the 1940s because then when captain america wakes up in modern times in you know the year 2011 whenever this movie comes out um the filter kind of shifts and you can tell it's modern times and i think it was really subtle but it was really well done for you know people that are big huge nerds like i am so i thought that was kind of interesting um but yeah, this movie is fantastic, and I can't wait to start breaking down the movie a little bit more in the categories. So we're gonna go ahead and jump right into the categories. All right, guys, time for the categories. You know what it is. So the first category we got going on is going to be best scene. Uh, in my opinion, there are a lot of really good scenes in this movie. Um, I could argue that the whole movie is the best scene because the entire movie is rewatchable. Even like, if I were to start this movie at any point, and I was told like, okay, you have to watch from this point. There's no direct point on this movie where it could be like okay well if it's going from there to there like I'm all in for me it's it's every single part of this movie if I'm starting it there's a good chance I'm going to wind up finishing this part unless I have to go do something but this movie's fantastic and I so I'm choosing I'm choosing four scenes for the best scene so the first scene is the transformation of Steve Rogers into Captain America and the fight that ensues right after that so you know, the whole the whole scene is fantastic, right? Like, it, the setup is great. Like, Peggy Carter and Steve Rogers are going into that building. There's a secret code that has to be said um, with that regard. i got to turn off my fan. It's getting too loud. There's a, a secret code that has to be said. And, um, you know, they go in, and Stanley Tucci's character, Abraham Erskine, is there, and uh, Howard Stark is there, and a lot of, you know, the General Tommy Lee Jones is there. <laughs> General Tommy Lee Jones. Um, but, you know, a lot of high-ranking officials are there. And the scene just, it starts off so good. Like Steve Rogers is down there. They give him a shot and he's like, Oh, that wasn't so bad. So bad. And then Stanley Tucci's character goes, that's what's penicillin." And he goes, and he kind of like shrugs it off. And, uh, you can tell that Steve Rogers is a little nervous because he's a little guy. And I think that, uh, Tommy Lee Jones, he goes, man, those, what does he say? He goes, uh, Looks like those needles are gonna go right through his arms, I and mean, it kind of does. I mean, he's like, his, like I said before, the the CGI they did in this movie is fantastic. I mean, they really got a really skinny dude to basically be a body double for Chris Evans' face in this movie, so it's kind of interesting. Um, but what happens? Is, what happens next is they put Chris Evans in that chamber. Uh, Howard Stark turns on the machine, and basically the inside of the chamber glows. Um, it gets crazy. Peggy Carter tries to stop it because Steve Rogers is, you know, screaming in pain. And Howard Stark's about to, but then Steve yells, he can do it. You know, I can do this, let me do this, so he does. And right after that, it, it, the, the the chamber opens, and he's just ripped, right? Uh, Chris Evans, obviously, you know, I, the the workout plan that he did for this movie was, I remember listening to it and hearing that it was insane. He, ripped, he comes out, he just completely ripped, just like, just, just yoked out of his mind. Um, somehow he got tanner when he was in there, so that was cool. Uh, (laughs) you know it's just it was a little that was a little funny part. I caught that I was like what's going on here man like what kind of chamber is it? it's just like a really deluxe tanning studio like a tanning bed like in Final Destination 4 but with a way better ending or uh, Final Destination 3 that's what it was Um, and then Peggy Carter comes down first thing she does is just touches his chest you know hashtag me too Uh, but but apparently that wasn't scripted she kind of just did that Uh, so she was obviously feeling Chris Evans a little bit I mean you know it's, I, I, I understand, <laughs> but, uh, so then right after that, uh, Stanley Tucci's character gets shot and Chris Evans, uh, Chris Evans, Steve Rogers goes on the, you know, goes after him and he's fresh off of becoming Captain America. So he's not used to his body. And the scene does a really good job of, of showing in his facial expressions, how he's like, man, I jumped over that fence. I'm running as fast as this car. You know, I'm able to, to, to swim at great depths and break into the submarine that this guy comes into and pull him out and throw him onto the dock. It's, it's a cool scene. You know, it really is. It shows everything you need to know about Captain America in one scene. And I decided it was really well done. So that's a great scene. Uh, next good scene is when Cap goes against orders and goes to free Bucky and Bucky's brigade. Um, so at this point, Cap is kind of... Uh, He's basically a dancing monkey for the armor, or for, a dancing monkey for the army, and he's basically doing these shows to generate money uh, in the form of bonds, so that way the army can get bullets, get all types of supplies, you know, all kinds of stuff that they need during World War II. When he hears that Bucky's platoon was taken hostage by Hydra, the first thing he does is go into action. He talks to Peggy, tells her that. Bucky would do the same thing for him. And I'm pretty sure that Bucky would. After seeing Bucky and Steve's relationship through all these movies, Bucky definitely would have done the same thing for Steve that Steve did for Bucky. So they talk to Howard Stark. They let Howard Stark, or Howard Stark uh, flies a plane for him, flies over German lines. And basically they're being shot at by a bunch of German forces. Cap jumps out of the airplane. Just jumps out all by himself, one man wrecking crew. And you see his parachute in the pitch black and he winds up you know landing at this base uh, he frees everyone, he frees Bucky, and there's a lot of really good fighting there, a lot of good war scenes. The the American soldiers that were freed, they find the hydro weapons, which are powered by the Tesseract. Oh, by the way, I haven't really talked about the Tesseract yet. Yeah, the Tesseract is the first Infinity Stone that we come across within the MCU, and we didn't really know it at the time. You know, it's the Space Stone. Um, but yeah, it, it made its appearance in Captain America, the first Avenger. Um but yeah, they, the, the American soldiers find these weapons powered by the Tesseract and they're like you know, lasers, basically, and they're, they're, they disintegrate you as soon as you get hit by one. Um, so it was just a cool scene to see all that. So that was a cool scene. Next big scene is the final battle with Red Skull. Um, great battle, right? Uh, Red Skull flies off in one of his large planes uh, armed with a bunch of atomic bombs that are going to be piloted by kamikaze uh, pilots. Directed to hit big cities within the United States, you know they actually have like, they have the name of the cities written on each bomb. I mean, which is kind of like, so on the nose, but you know you get it. I mean, they re- somebody really took the time to spray paint the letters, you know, on these on these uh, these kamikaze uh, warships, but uh, Cap is able to you know stop all of them, and basically, he doesn't kill Red Skull. Because Red Skull basically, you know, he gets, he touches the Tesseract and he gets taken into space. But I remember what the first time I saw this movie, I was like, oh God, he's dead, you know, not knowing that he was actually being transported to a different part of space. And, you know, after watching Endgame, spoiler alert, you know, for those that haven't seen Endgame, you can go fuck off. But, uh, <laughs> but, uh, you know, he, Red Skull winds up on Vormir and he's, uh, what did, what did he say? He's, he's, a uh, tasked to, uh, take care of a, a task to follow a treasure that he may never possess or whatever the line is for that movie. I'll get that quote right when I uh because it's a good meme. I'll get that quote right when I do the endgame uh, pod later in. But uh but yeah you think he's so as far as we're concerned he's dead. You know in this movie he's dead. And then at that split second, Steve Rogers realizes that he's gonna have to put the plane down and there's no chance that he's gonna be able to come back from this. So he calls Peggy, tells him that Red Skull is dead and tell him that tell and then she then he says, I gotta put it in the water. And then she says, there has to be another way. He's like, nah, there's not. And, you know, basically they have this this back and forth dialogue about them not being able to go on a dance, go on a date and all that. And it's, it's really sad. You know, it's you really feel for Steve Rogers in that moment. He finally found somebody that definitely loves the person that he is. And not just, you know, the person he became. Because what well, the movie did a really good job at, you know, upon rewatch when I, when I, when I watched this movie again... Um, you can tell that Peggy Carter was really liking Steve Rogers even when he was a small scrawny guy because he was a stand-up human being. And um, you know, she hadn't really seen a lot of that because, you know, she was a very attractive woman in a man's world. So I'm assuming, and you kind of see it in the movie, men didn't really give her the respect that she deserved, and he did from day one. So, um, she definitely admired him. And that, that whole scene is just it's great action turned into great sadness, like, with you know, really quick, and I thought that it was really well done. Uh, the last big scene is Cap waking up in Marvel, in, in a Marvel, in modern times. They do a good job, so they take Cap out of the ice, and they put him in this area within S.H.I.E.L.D. headquarters in New York City. Um, he realizes it's fake. He realizes it's not real. He has no idea where he is. He breaks out. He breaks out a Times Square. He's be- surrounded by, you know, modern Times Square, you know, all the screens, all the technology. And then he's surrounded by a bunch of S.H.I.E.L.D. agents. <clears throat> he's surrounded by a bunch of S.H.I.E.L.D. agents. And Nick Fury walks out of the car and he said, You okay? And he's like, Sorry, Cap. You've been asleep. You've been asleep for a long time. And you can tell that, you know, C. Rogers is still like, you know, where? What's going on? Where am I? Um, and then uh, Nick Fury says, Are you all right there, Cap? And then Cap says, I had a date. And the movie's over. And I thought it was really cool because Originally when you know we knew the avengers was going to happen we hadn't seen a trailer for it yet except i'll i'll get into that we hadn't seen a trailer for it yet but i was i was wondering if they were going to do the reveal of bringing back captain america at the beginning of the avengers i was not sure if they were going to do it at the end of uh the first avenger and i was like elated that they did because i hadn't I, no one had any idea what was going to go on you got to remember this is the early stages of the mcu so a lot of it was unpredictable i mean it's still pretty unpredictable but this was like none of this had ever happened, you know. This is five movies within the same franchise, all different characters, all tearing, telling a very different story, but have having one like one uh, overarching story that was present in little snippets from each of the movies. It had never been done, and it still hasn't been done. And now they've done it, you know, twenty eight times. How many, however many movies that they have, and it's still great. You know, the recipe's still fresh. It's still it's still exciting. So it was it was fun to have that first little tidbit where it's like, yeah, I've seen Nick Fury before. He's been an Iron Man. He's been an Iron Man too. You know, I, I loved it. But for me, the best scene is the transformation in the cab. That scene is just so, it is so great. It's great on many levels because you're learning about Captain America's powers as Steve is learning about Captain America's powers. You know, it's written all over his face and it's just, it's truly amazing. So I I really love that scene. Uh, next category, the movie Mall award. I'll keep it a little bit shorter. Uh, The William Wall Award is the fact that Hugo Weaving never appeared in another MCU movie. Hugo Weaving is a fantastic actor. He's great as, you know, Agent Smith in the uh, the Matrix trilogy, soon to be the fourth movie. But I'm just so upset that we didn't get to see more Red Skull. Red Skull was an amazing villain, probably one of the most underrated villains in the MCU after having watched it this past week. And I think that he would have been amazing to be on screen with maybe another villain, you know, maybe like Ultron, an age of Ultron or something like that. I think it would have been great. I mean, uh, Red Skull does make an appearance, like I said earlier, in Endgame, but that's not Hugo Weaving. It's Ross Marquand. Uh, for those that don't know, Ross, Marqu- Ross Marquand is an actor who's from The Walking Dead, and he's really good at impressions, so they hired him to do an impression of Hugo Weaving acting as Red Skull. I mean, he did a great job, but like I would have much rather seen Hugo Weaving there, and obviously Hugo Weaving just didn't want to be a part of it. So you got to give him the respect there because he is a great actress. But that's definitely for me the Mui Mall Award. Uh, the biggest heat check for me it's one of two people. Okay, uh, it's either Dominic Cooper as uh, Dominic Cooper as Howard Stark or Stanley Stanley Tucci as Abraham Erskine. And Dominic Cooper is doing a lot with Howard Stark. I mean, he's really like when you first see him at the convention for, uh, basically the Tomorrow Convention where he shows off some of his latest tech. He he reminds you of of. <clears throat> Excuse me, he reminds you of Tony Stark. He really does. Uh he's he's real quippy. He seems like he's just a, you know, a ladies man, really smart. He looks just like him. You can tell like they did a really good job choosing the actor to play young Howard Stark because he had to resemble Tony Stark, you know, RDJ, and he had to be he had to have some of those mannerisms because Tony's just not going to get those out of nowhere. He's going to get them from from his father, from somebody close to him. So, uh I think that they did a really good job of picking that one and he's great he eats up the scenery he just really you can tell he just loves him some of him you know which is which is always like a good you know pick for the the biggest heat check in a movie somebody that just loves them some them so he's great but for me the award goes to Stanley Tucci Stanley Tucci as Dr. Abraham Erskine is phenomenal he has like three scenes he has the first scene where he first meets Steve at the uh, at the the expo he has a scene right before Steve goes into surgery or to the procedure and then he has a scene in the procedure in which he dies, and that's it. But he's one of my favorite characters in this movie because Stanley Tucci is just fantastic as a character actor. He does so much in every single movie that he's in. He's great in The Hunger Games. He's great in even The Lovely Bones where he plays a serial killer who kills a little girl. He's fantastic. And, of course, he's great in The Devil Wears Prada, which is one of my favorite movies uh, probably all time, which I don't think a lot of people know, but it, that movie's fantastic. I could watch that movie almost every single week and never get bored of it. Um, that's a potential podcast on the line because I love it that much, but that's definitely a guilty pleasure movie for me. For those of you that don't know, now, you know, so there's a little, um, there's a little look inside my mind, you know, one of those, those chick flicks that I really enjoy. Um, but yeah, Stanley Tucci, every word he says, every, he, he's the backbone for why Captain America is the way Captain America is. Why Captain America stays true to his beliefs and true to his self is because of, of the things that Abraham Erskine did for him. So uh, definitely the biggest heat check is Stanley Tucci. Uh, <clears throat> next category is the recasting gouge. Um, everyone in this movie is casted like perfectly, right? I really love the casting choices, and obviously, you know, the casting choices carried on to a lot of the MCU, so it's hard to do this one. The one I would choose is I would change Arnim Zola's character of Tommy Jones. I would get a, a better. I, I, I didn't like anything. Toby Jones wasn't doing anything special there, and the only other time you see. Uh, arnim zola is in captain america the winter soldier when he's the computer version of arnim zola when he puts his entire consciousness into a computer i think that this uh, this actor wasn't very big then but i think like if you could post date it i think uh i think his name is conleth hill could have played this role for those that don't know he was lord varus on game of thrones I think that he could have played the Arnim Zola role, role perfectly after seeing how he treated um, after seeing how he treated his role of Lord Varys very conniving, very sneaky, but you can always tell he's one of the smartest people in the room. I feel like that's what Arnim Zola had to do, and I don't think that Toby Jones did a good job of that. So I think that Conlith Jones would have definitely, Conleth Hill would have been a, a, a great choice to be Arnim Zola as opposed to Toby Jones. Uh, the next one. The next category is best quote. I don't have very many quotes here because I think the movie's pretty good. There's just not a lot of really good quotes that are out there. Um, I have a couple that are, you know, timeless. I can do this all day. You know, it's the first time you see Captain America before he's Captain America getting beat up, and he gets back up. He says, "I could do it all day." He says it to Red Skull towards the end of the movie, and he says it, you know, on and on and on throughout the MCU. Where at at a certain point during Endgame when Captain America's fighting himself in, in the Avengers and the Avengers, uh, Captain America says, I could do this all day. And then end game Captain America is like, yeah, I know. I know. And so it's, it's, that's a great quote and it's a good quote because it's like a legacy quote. It just keeps going. So that's, a, that's a good quote. Um, but my favorite quote, and this is the best quote in the movie because this is the quote that really embodies Captain America. And the reason why Captain America is Captain America is this quote. I'm going to read it. This is said by uh, <clears throat> this is said by Stanley Tucci's character Abraham Erskine, right before the procedure, the day before. So this is what he says: "This is why you were chosen, because the strong man who has known power all his life may lose respect for that power, but a weak man who knows the value of strength and and knows compassion. It's great." Sorry, I kind of intertwined some German accent on there. I can't do German accents on a lot of things, but the W's I always turn into V's. So I'm able to do that. But no, it's that that quote is exactly what I was said a little bit earlier about Captain America. Captain America, Steve Rogers, wasn't gifted with all these abilities for most of his life. You know, he really wasn't. He was he was a weak man, but he was mentally strong and morally good. And because he was blessed with these, these, these abilities and these, these, uh, these powers and this strength, he understands what that is. And he knows that he has to use that in order to help the little guy. And this quote basically sums up the entirety of Captain America's character. So I love that quote. And for me, that's definitely the best quote. Um, the next category is facts on production. So this is usually fun. I'm usually able to find a couple different facts for you guys that you might, guys might not have known about the movie. Um, one interesting one Chris Evans was actually he actually declined the role three times because he didn't feel comfortable about doing another superhero movie for those that don't know he was in the original two Fantastic Four movies he was a human torch and those movies aren't good. I haven't watched those movies in probably 10 years and I remember them being bad. And as far as I'm concerned, I'm going to remember them being bad because the next Fantastic Four movie I'm going to watch will be the MCU Fantastic Four movie whenever that comes out. Um, Cause I didn't even watch the fan stick one. The one with uh, Miles Teller as Mr. Fantastic. I never saw it and I probably never will cause it just looked like shit. And apparently it was like horrible. And I don't know how you can mess that one up when you have Michael B. Jordan and Miles Teller, but they definitely messed it up. Um, Another interesting fact is originally they were going to have Wolverine and Magneto have cameos in this movie. Uh, They were going to have Wolverine be a soldier. And obviously Magneto was in a, he was a, a prisoner of war but they cut it because of, you know, those two characters are owned by Fox. That would have been a really cool Easter egg to have those two within the World War confines, World War II confines, because they were all a part of it. And they definitely would have been there for sure. Wolverine would have been there. So I thought that was a really interesting, uh, <clears throat> really interesting one. Um, I think earlier I said that it was for sure um, that Haley Atwell touched Chris Evans' chest when he became Captain America. That was an ad lib. It wasn't scripted. So that was a really interesting thing. Um Another interesting thing is, hold on a second, let me pull this up. Um, oh, Chris Evans was only paid $300,000 for the title role. I'm sure he made up a lot more money after that. But other than that, I think a lot of the things that the true MCU fans really know are there. Um, John Krasinski was originally going to play uh, Captain America, but they that was only if Chris Evans declined. And after he declined three times, they kind of had Krasinski on standby. But then uh, Robert Denny Jr. was able to persuade Chris Evans to do it, and you know it's you know the rest is history. You know, it's perfect casting, in my opinion. Perfect. I think Krasinski would have been good too, especially now having seen him play in uh, the Jack Ryan franchise on Amazon Prime. But Chris Evans is Captain America, and he always will be. So I, it's it's great casting. Final category: Who won the movie? Very simple. Chris Evans. Chris Evans won this movie. Um, before this he wasn't really taken seriously you know he did movies like not another team movie he did uh, you know the fan, the Fantastic Four movies he wasn't really he hadn't really hit big yet on an acting role but he kills it as Steve Rogers and it wound up getting a whole bunch more projects after this because he was so good in like a more serious role I mean Captain America is not a funny guy you know he's really not he's very earnest he's very by the book and Chris Evans played him amazingly and he played him for you know from 2000. 11 to uh, 2019 he played him for nine years you know like i don't know seven eight movies and he did it great did a great job in playing him um so he definitely won the movie for me and and then i mean also i mean like the fans won the movie because this movie is fantastic so i think the fans also won the movie um yeah guys i think that's all i got and as far for my uh, my movie talk for captain america the first avenger uh hope you guys enjoyed if you have things that i didn't talk about that maybe you want to talk about with me go ahead and dm me on instagram that's at cam.cast. You know, I'd love to get into some, uh, some spirited debates with you guys because I got a lot of opinions and sometimes I can't hit on everything. Cause you don't, it, it's, you don't think about everything all at once. And I might have an idea later on that I might share on Instagram or something like that. I'll always do that. Or if there's something that I got wrong, tell me and I'll correct it on the next podcast. That'll be the first thing that I do is like, Hey, let me talk about my errors. You know, keep me honest, you know, keep me, keep me on my toes. Make sure that I'm doing this shit, right. Uh, for the most part, I am. Just letting you know, uh, I'm very, very, very rarely wrong. Uh, uh, no man, it's, uh, this. This was this. This movie's fantastic. Um, the rewatch made it that much better, and I just I can't wait to uh, can't wait to rewatch it again. That was, that was bad. I can't wait to rewatch it again. That's oh, still bad. Oh, oh well. Oh, I guess we're just we're just doing it now. We're just doing it. For those that are just listening, my hair did a weird thing, and now I'm just kind of looking at it on the screen, and it looks weird. But. um uh, Please continue to follow on the uh, on the channel. Follow on on YouTube. That's cam.cast on YouTube. Uh, all the links are in my link tree on my uh, my Instagram feed. If you guys want to go there, that'd be a big help. Um, I appreciate everyone who's been listening. Everyone who's been following along, and you know, I'm looking forward to a lot more things to come. Be on the lookout for my uh, the Office versus Parks and Recreation podcast is coming out either this week or next week. That's going to be an exciting one. I'm going to be bringing on my friend uh, Travis, and we're going to be doing that via Zoom, so the audio might be a little weird, but it's going to be fun to have uh, somebody else be able to be on the podcast with me again. And uh, Yeah, guys, that's all I got for you. Uh, Peace and love as always. Thanks.